0: Copyright program created by the Rio Grande Oil Company. San Francisco police calling all cars. Attention all cars. Calling all San Francisco County Sheriff cars. Be on the lookout for three young men in a stolen sedan. License 673429. 673429. These men are armed, and within the last two hours have shot and killed three men. Watch your step, boys. There's plenty bad. That's <laughs> all. Same gasoline, huh? Yep, I've lined up with Rio Grande now. You certainly see that. You've got Rio Grande cracked gasoline signs all over the place. Why the change? Well, of all the gasoline sold in this market, Rio Grande has made the most spectacular progress. They even have the police and fire departments using cracked gasoline. Yeah, I've seen their advertising. It's all about police car performance with Rio Grande cracked. i heard the radio program, too, calling all cars. Always meant to try that cracked gasoline sometime. Oh, here's a copy of the Calling All Cars News. We'll give it away free every month. Got the radio programs in it and some detective stories. Good stuff. Thanks, Harry, but tell me, do you really believe there's anything different about Rio Grande crack? Well, last week I went through the Rio Grande refinery. It's the finest and the newest cracking plant in America. Must have cost a fortune. I've seen refineries before, but Rio Grande makes cracked gasoline by an entirely different process. I saw some tests made there in the laboratories which convinced me that there's all the difference in the world between gasoline refined by the old process and gasoline that's cracked. Yeah, but there's a lot of difference between testing gasoline in the laboratory and not on the road. Well, I don't know any more severe tests than police cars and fire engines. Those emergency engines want the speediest gasoline, the most powerful gasoline. But they keep records and insist on the most economical gasoline. Doesn't it mean something that more police cars, fire engines, ambulances, and other emergency equipment use Rio Grande Crack gasoline wherever it's sold than any other brand? Sold, oh, Larry. Fill up my tank with Rio Grande Crack. Tonight... We are honored to welcome another famous California Peace Officer calling all cars. In just a few seconds, we will transfer control to San Francisco, where you will hear from the Sheriff of San Francisco County, Mr. William J. Fitzgerald. Tonight I am bringing you from my confidential files the story of one of the most wanton killers in police history, Buck Kelly, gun-mad young taxi driver. Sheriffs not only must concern themselves with the capture of criminals, but it is their duty to keep watch over these men from the time that they are taken into custody until the courts dispose of their cases by acquittal, or by sentence to the penitentiary. And, in many cases, this secondary function of the sheriff's office is more important than its primary duty. The courts are slow. Often, we have the responsibility of guarding dangerous criminals for more than a year. In the case of Buck Kelly, whose story you are about to hear, We had to guard him in the county jail for 17 months, an unduly long time to have to guard a desperate criminal against the state. Tonight, I would like to appeal through this great radio program to the proper judicial authority for cooperation in speeding up the machinery of the law so that such dangerous and desperate men may quickly be sent on their way to prison rather than remain incarcerated for months on end in our county jail. Thank you and good night. Buck Kelly, San Francisco's wholesale murderer, begins in 1921, when as a youth of 17, he is arrested for grand larceny. How well he learned the lesson that crime does not pay, may be gained by a glimpse of his activities three years later. It is summer of 1924, along San Francisco's skidway, in a cheap scenery. You got the stuff, Buck? So, I said I'd get it, didn't I? Got the money? Yeah, yeah, right here in my pocket. You sure this is quite rate movie? Yes, that's the only kind I sell. See you go. Yeah, yeah, here you are. Five, ten, fifteen, twenty. Okay, Bigger just know. And there's a nice tiny pair of handcuffs to snap on your wrist. What? Who are you? Federal agent. You're under arrest. What for? Do we need to go into that? Oh, so you're kind of stupid, me, hey, eh, dopey? Supposed to be my pal, huh? Why, you squealing rat. Be the dopey, pay off tomorrow morning. Yeah, okay. A stool pigeon, huh? Dopey, a stool pigeon. Now, wait till I tell the boys about that. You won't get much of a chance to. Come on along to headquarters. (laughs) Now, look here, Kelly. I'm losing patience with you. Where did you get that stuff we found on you? I don't know. What do you mean, you don't know? Well, I don't know the guy's name. Who is he? An old Chinaman. Where does he live? In Chinatown. Where in Chinatown? Will you drop charges if I put your finger on him? What? Oh, come on. I know enough about your racket to know that you want to get at the source of supply. You don't care about the three ounces you found on me. Well, that's right enough. Okay, let me go, and I'll make a buy from the Chinaman. No. You give me his name and address, and I'll knock him over. Uh, not this guy. You wouldn't get through the outside door. before he would have the evidence hidden. I'm telling you. Of course, if you'd rather send me up for possession of three ounces than lose a supply, that's okay with me. No. Frankly, I want the supply. Okay, I'll lead you to it for my freedom. <laughs> and you're the guy who was yelling about Dopey being a stool pigeon. Now you're turning in farmer. Yeah, but I'm in a spot. Dopey's cutting both ends against the middle. Well, one of the provisions under which I let you lose is that you'll lay off Dopey. Okay, I promise. And say I'll need some grease. What for? Because so I can make a buy from the Chinaman. Okay. How much will you need? Oh, he gets 40 bucks an ounce. Say about 120. What for? Oh, no, you don't. You buy one ounce. That'll be plenty. Yeah, but if he gets 40 bucks an ounce, you're buying an ounce. Here's the 40 bucks. And don't disappear with it. Don't worry, I won't. But Buck does disappear with the 40 dollar. And it is several months before federal agents recapture him and bring him before federal judge John S. Partridge on a charge of selling narcotics. He is sentenced in November 1924, but as soon as he returns from prison, he is in trouble again. In April of 1926, he's involved on a criminal assault charge. Seven months later, in a traffic case, in which the taxi cab he was driving had collided with another car, injuring one of the passengers. For this, he receives a suspended sentence. But his troubles are not over. for upon the conclusion of the court action, Buck Kelly is summoned to the office of the chief dispatcher of the cab company. Well, Kelly, where you going off today? Yeah, that's right, boss. Suspended sentence. What are you doing around here? Why, I came back to work. You're not working here anymore. What do you mean? Look here, Kelly. That accident of yours cost the company 3,000 bucks. But you were insured. How long do you think we could stay insured if men like you drive our cabs? What do you mean? Just this. You were drunk that night. That accident never would have happened if you hadn't been drinking. No, honest, boss. I wasn't drunk. No, don't hand me that. I don't know what you call being drunk, but you were drinking. Well, you can't prove that. Sure, I can. When you got your cab that night, you zigzagged out of the joint. If I'd been on duty, you'd never taken that cab out. I tell you I wasn't drinking. Well, Several of the boys saw you, blind drunk at the wheel. Who? Oh, Swanton, some of the others. Oh, stupid, isn't Think. Okay. If that's the front of a not you're here. I don't want to work for you anymore. That doesn't worry me. Haven't I made it plain enough that you aren't working for me? You can't fire me, I swear. You make me sick. Get out. Hey, look here, you're out. You're fired, and I'm sick and tired of talking to you, and I'll beat it. Okay, I'll go. But you'll hear from me again. I'll get even. I'll get those two pigeons that think on me. You just wait and see. Okay, kid. I'll wait. i scram. Can you imagine that, Larry? The big just telling me off, claiming I was drunk. Must be something wrong with him, Buck. You wasn't drunk that night. Well, I had a couple of stiffers, I admit, but I wasn't drunk. That old biddy been watching where she was driving? I never run into her old heap. Oh, just for that he fired you, huh? Fired me? Huh. He didn't fire me. He ain't got the guts to fire anyone, Mike. I walked out on him. i not taking a chance. Jobs are pretty hard to get these days. Yeah? Well, I got plans, see. If you guys want to swing along with me, you won't never have to work no more. No? How's that, Buck? Uh, Wait till we get some drinks ordered, and I'll tell you all about it. Hey, Tony. Yeah, uh, dear, dear, senor. What do you do like? Eh? Uh, three more grapples. Right away, sir. Right away. Now, what's the plot, Buck? Now, listen. I've tried to go straight, see? I've done my best. I've done job and everything the book says you should do. And what happened? The first time I take a sword, I get in a jam, and then I lose my job. Yeah, that's right. Sure is tough, Buck. Tough? There ain't no name for it. Well, I'm through trying. See, what do you mean? I mean, I'm going to blast mine from now on. Meaning? Mm-hmm. What do you think? Stick up. Oh, uh, and string along with me. Sure, I'm willing. The three of us can take plenty. Sure, we can. Three of find the drop, for three of us, the Yeah, that's right, Tony. And you better mix up a half a dozen more. We got a lot of things to talk over. Mister see, senora, Right. But how'd you figure we'd pull these jobs? we got to have a car and some gas yeah, That's easy. You steal a car first, see? As far as the gas is concerned, we'll mm-hmm. Fortified with many grapples, Buck Kelly and his two pals first steal an automobile and then visit a hardware store on Vallejo Street. Well, good afternoon, gentlemen. Yeah, uh, we we'll want all look at some guns. Mm. Have you got a permit to buy a gun? I didn't say we wanted to buy them. I said we wanted to look at them. Well, you'll have to have a permit, you know. I heard you the first time. I saw some gas and make a snapper. He well. Now, what did you have in mind? Uh, a couple of good automatics. Well, uh, here's a very fine forty five. Oh. That's the kind that spins them, ain't it? Uh, yeah, I guess so, for well, what purpose did you want these guns? Yeah, what's that to you? Uh, nothing. Now here's the police... Get the, the, the copper's p- gun. They ain't supposed to kill people with. So how's this automatic work? Well, so mm-hmm. the clip goes in this way. see? And here's the safety catch. Well, put some slugs in it. Let me see the work. works. Yes, you will. You release the catch here. And then you take out the clip. And you place the cartridges in here. Yeah, see, like that, and you slip the kid back in its place. Now, let me see it. Uh huh. Now it's all ready to shoot, huh? Yeah, just as soon as you snap the catch, like that. Yeah. Okay, boys, stop him. Come on! All right, come on! me else. We gotta get going. Oh. Everything else? like a light. Okay. Grab yourself an automatic apiece and a couple of boxes of those shells. Uh, these are ones here. Uh, you saw got them. Don't ask them any questions. Uh, mine's all sap. How about Larry? Uh, I can not get mine together? Well, oh, come on. You fix it for him in the car, Mike. Okay. An arsenal. What more do you want? Another drink. That's oh, yeah, not a bad idea. I brought a bottle with me. There you are. Hello, slug. Boy, <clears throat> oh, that sure does the business. I got your gun fixed yet, Larry? Yeah, it works now. That's swell. Now we go to work. Where? Oh, well, that old bird down on Lumber Street ought to have some, Jack. Who do you mean? Oh, you know, Constantino, the one that owns the pool room. Oh, yeah. Won't be anybody much in the place now, either. That's right. Okay, then, let's knock him off first. Uh, here's the place. Better leave the motor running, Buck. Yeah, I guess so. Hey, you got the bottle, Larry? Yeah, here it is. I better take another little shot before we pull this one. You guys look like you need one too. Uh, I feel that way. Now listen, we don't take no back talk from this mugsy. We get his dough or else. Okay, okay, okay with you, Larry? (laughs) Okay. All right, let's go. That's a break. Just one customer in the joint. Oh, hello, boys! You uh, drop in for a little game, eh? Yeah, a little game that you're going to lose. Uh, what do you mean? What's the, the idea of the gun? You guess. Come with that other guy, Mike. Now let's have all the dough in the cash register. Uh, look here, boy. You cannot come in here like this and bully me. And over your dough. i will call the police. I'll have you run in. Just... Help, help. Where is this, please? Help, at the other guy, Mike. help. Larry, get to the cash draw. You got the dough, Larry? Yep. Okay, let's go. Say, hey, these japs are the Nets, ain't they? Sure. Hey, let's empty them out on those mirrors. I always wanted to shoot up a joint right. Ten minutes later, the murder trio enters the pool room of Barco Bianini on Court Street. Oh, hello, boys. <laughs> I know where you go, Marco. You must be fooling, huh? <laughs> you think so? I'll give you three to empty that cash oh, register. What's the boys? One? There's no way to ask. Two? reasonable, boys. I got to know, more. Three! <laughs> All right, got the dough, Larry. The rest of you mugs keep their distance. Okay, I got it. Let's go. we got now? Those are two, 200 bucks. Well, we got to have a couple of grams. Why two next? Let's go back to make the toilet to get a drink. Well, there's still some left in the bottle. Yeah, let me have it. I'm thirsty. <sighs> yeah, that enough. I'd eat Watch your step, bud. The signal's changing. <sighs> There's Mario Pagano standing on the curb. Yeah, that's the old. Thing. Hey, Buck. Oh, hello, Mario. Where'd you get this little bus? What's it to you? Oh, I was just asking. Well, you're asking too much. What was the idea of bumping him off, Buck? I never did like him much. And anyway, I like bumping people off. Mm. While Buck, Kelly, and his two pals fortify their courage with draft holes at Tony's, confusion reigns at police headquarters. How's the matter? i on your body, Captain. Where? Yeah. Vaness and Sutter. Same bunch? Seems to be, what the witnesses say. Three drunks in the black sedan. License number 673429. It's the same bunch, all right. We got to stop them. How? Oh. We only got 20 parlor cars working. It'd take four hours to get orders to them. Well, they had radio sets in those parlor cars, like they've been experimenting on back east. Radio. That's the answer, Captain. You mean? We'll fill the streets with officers in a half hour. We'll get the broadcasting stations to help
1: out.
0: We are interrupting the broadcast of dance music coming to you over station KFRC from the Blossom room of the St. Francis Hotel to broadcast an emergency announcement to all police officers. All police officers, attention. Hey, Charlie, come The here. The broadcast is special announcement for officers on the radio. Uh, what? The
1: officers
0: Listen, officers want all officers off duty, to report in your own automobile to the precinct stations nearest your home. Bring your revolvers and be prepared for continuous duty. Citizens are also requested to help in this citywide hunt for three murderers who are driving a stolen black sedan. License number six seven three four two nine. If any citizen sees this car, please report its whereabouts to the police at once. KFRC will bring you later developments of this manhunt as it progresses. We return you now to the Blossom Room of the St. Francis Hotel. First day off I've had in the month i got to go out hunting murderers. Ah, get my gun, Margaret. Oh, you'll be careful, won't you, Terry? Sure, I'll be careful. I'll shoot first and ask questions afterwards. But for the next 48 hours, while 211 private automobiles owned by police officers and 50 police cars home San Francisco for the murder trio, not a single disturbance occurs. During this time, Kelly, nursing a hangover, lays low, recovers from one binge, and by Monday evening has started on another. Once more, he joins his pals at Tony's. You guys bring your gas with you? Sure, just like you told us. Well, what are we pulling tonight for? Platy. First I want to get a heist out of these grapples. Then I got a little visit with that pink Swanson. You mean the guy that you used to work with at the cab company? Yeah, that's the guy. He's squealed on me. That's why I lost my job. You're going to get him? Sure. Nobody can pull that stuff on me. What I was going to do for a car, I did so when we had Saturday. You come along with me. Down to a cab stand on the corner. We'll get some wheels. <laughs> What do you mean, sir? Oh, hello, Buck. Want to take us for a ride, Swanson? Sure. Glad to see you ain't sore me, Buck. Oh, I ain't sore at this, Swanson. What the devil? What have I got to be sore about? Sure, that's the way I figure. Where are you going? Well, 17th Street. Okay, what address? I'll let you know when we get out there. Okay, hop in. Hey, I got a couple of pals with me. And three rides as cheap as one? Sure. Let's go, then. Alone, boys. It'll be a pleasure. Okay. Don't do it, Buck. That'll be all right here, Swanson. Right here in the middle of the Buck? Yeah, right here. Okay. All right, get out, Swanson. What for? You heard me. Get out. What's the gun for, Buck? For you, stupid pigeon. Check him out, boys, and yank that uniform off him. I'm gonna be a cab driver tonight. A few minutes later, Kelly drives his cab up to a stand on Brennan Street. As the car comes to a stop, Mike Petrovich, a friend of his, steps up to him. Hello, Kelly. Hello, Mike. You're back in the taxi game again, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Gee, Buck, what'd you bump him off for? Oh, I don't want no witnesses. Where do we go now? Out to the service station at the corner of 7. Hey, is that the bottle? Yeah, here it is. Good. Let me have it. <sighs> Boy, nothing like good old grapple. Yes, sir. Shall I fill her up? No, empty it. So what do you mean? See this gap? Now let's have your dough. Larry, come to that guy in the station. Mike, empty the caster. Say, that guy in there is a night watchman. He's a special police. Oh, yeah? In that case, we're safer this way. Hey. Well, listen, he didn't do nothing. You can't. Hey, Buck, you nearly hit me when you plugged that guy. Sorry, you'll have to keep your eyes open. Get the bell? Sure. let go, then. In two days, San Francisco county and city officers travel 34,000 miles searching for the murder terrorists. From North Beach, over Russian Hill to the sea, from Mount Davidson to the Mission, out into South San Francisco and Daly City, Back through Chinatown, the human bloodhound's course. All docks, railroad terminals, ferries are watched. Every underworld haunt is searched. More than a hundred suspicious persons are caught in the police dragnet. And then inspectors George Patrick Wafer and Louis Demeter, working on their own time, drop into Tony's joint. Yes, sir, gentlemen, what will it be? How are you, Tony? Oh, Inspector, I did not recognize you. The light is so bad in here. Just a minute, I will raise the chair. the world, Well, well, you ain't been around here for a long time. Oh, no, Tony, I've been working Chinatown. Chinatown, oh, she's no Good. <laughs> Maybe you are come back on the vice squad. i see see more of you, eh? Well, all depends on whether you behave yourself or not. Oh, <laughs> you're a joke, Any you? bad boys in here in the past couple of days? Oh, probably? I do not have no bad boys coming to my place, Inspector. Yeah, I mean, three young punks. I've got good and oil. Well, a uh, bucket's and a couple of kids who yeah. got the purse drunk in here Saturday. And then uh, they came uh, back a Monday evening. But Kelly, huh? where's he live? Oh, I don't have to know. I think it was over on uh, South Park Street. Say anything about buffering off anybody when he was drunk? Oh, he'll talk a big about how tough he is, but <laughs> I think it was my fine at the Rappel talking. Yeah? he not be talking about those murders the last few days, would he? Oh, no, no, no. I'm not thinking so. A buck is yeah, no. a harmless. Yeah, so's a rattlesnake. Oh, don't have to bother him. He's a good boy. Don't worry, Tony. We won't bother him. Thanks for the tip, Mr. Sands. Hey, ah, This isn't all tip I give you? Oh, well, no, it isn't, Tony, but it won't hurt you any. So long. Convinced that loquacious Tony has put them on the right track, Wafer and Demeter procure a large detail of officers and surround the building on the third floor where the Kellys live on South Park Street. As Demeter rings the front doorbell, the back door swings open and Buck vaults down the back stairs. All right, Kelly. The place is around it. You better find this. Oh, yeah? Quick on, Kelly. Exactly. Okay, I will. Step to the second floor window there. Go on, boys. In here. All right. Stop to the tray-east door. Go on, Ernie. Oh, dear. What is this? Out of the way, ma'am. What is it? I am a good woman. I did not do nothing. What is he? He... He's in that closet. Okay, Kelly. Come out. Put your hands in the air. i let me this stand in the car for you. One, two. Hey, oh, he's waited. Call the police ambulance, Eddie. He's badly shot up. How is he, Doctor? Yeah, we can't do anything with him. We misoperate. He refuses to let us come near him. Well, let me talk to him. Well, oh, Kelly, what's the big idea? What do you mean, what's the big idea? Pretty far gone, you're losing blood. Doctor just operates. I don't want no operation. Why not Think you can trick me, huh? Think you can put me under the gas and then get me to talk, huh? I'm wise to you both. Well, don't go, see? I'm bumping off. I know it. And you're my murderer. That ain't gonna get me to spill. Well, look here, Kelly. That won't be necessary. I'm gonna have to get you to spill a thing. You can kill all your witnesses, you know. Still a couple of people left that can identify you. You're gonna pay for this. I know I won't. I'm gonna bump off. And you ain't got a thing on me. No, I wouldn't be too sure about that, Kelly. But later, my partner picked up your two pals, my trepidations, and Larry Weeks a couple of hours ago. I never heard of those guys. No? They heard of you plenty. It spills. It's all we want on you if you never open your mouth. Yeah? Well Mike and Larry spill their guts, huh? Fool pigeons. Think. I can't trust anybody. Every time I press at a guy, he squeals. What are they getting for it, You leaving them off? I'm not too sure they'll get off. They won't hang the way you will. I won't hang. No, not me. You want know, if you come clean and give me a confession? You get life. That's a smart thing to do. See Julian take life. Ah oh, no, copper. I don't admit nothing. I won't hang. I, I, I'm dying right now. Listen. You ain't gonna perform no operation, see? You ain't gonna patch me up and hang me. Because I'm gonna die right here in this bed. And you're my murderer. Take that with you. Carry that on your conscience. Dick Dick Wafer, the murderer of an innocent kid. But the instinct of survival is stronger than any other instinct in life. In the end of his struggle, Buck Kelly consented to an operation. His life was saved, saved to face trial for murder. His young partner, Mike Papadakis, only seventeen, had been turned over to the juvenile authorities. Larry Weeks had been sentenced to San Quentin for life when Buck Kelly had last came to trial. A trial for which he had waited in the county jail for 17 months, during which time he had attempted three times to escape. Buck pleads not guilty by reason of insanity. But after all the testimony is in, after the jury has been charged, Buck, wavering, frightened, his braggadocia lost, faces the judge. Clarence Kelly, stand and face the court. Before I pass judgment on you, have you anything to say? No, I... I... No, nothing to say. Bernard Kelly, you have been found guilty of murder not once, not twice, but three times. You have taken the life of your fellow men. A crime forbidden in every code of law and ethics from the ancient Mosaic commandments through all the centuries down to our present day. The crime of murder is not to be condoned today. Your generation, laughing its conventions and laws, seems to feel they may live their lives as they see fit. But let me assure you, young man, that the ancient law still stands an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth, a life for a life. This is our law, and by this law shall we live, and by this law we shall die. You have broken this law, Clarence Kelly, and society demands its fight. Clarence Kelly, you shall be removed to San Quentin Penitentiary, where you shall be confined until the week of May 10th, 1928. During that week, according to the penalty prescribed by the law of this state, you shall be hanged by the neck until dead. May God have mercy on your foes. Experts agree that cracked gasoline is the finest fuel made for modern motors. This process is developed by the worldwide Sinclair Oil Organization, cost millions of dollars and took years of costly research. The only Sinclair gasoline cracking plant in this section of the United States is owned by Rio Grande. And only in Rio Grande Cracked Gasoline you'll get the advantages of this newest scientific cracking process. The process that gives you extra speed, extra power, extra mileage, at no extra cost. This is your narrator, Frederick Lindsley, speaking for the Rio Grande Oil Company.